Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Tyler, and this week we are going to be talking about navigating the holidays. And to do that, I have brought on Ruby Cashel. Hello, Ruby. Hi, Martha. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Um, Ruby and I have been chatting in, in a lot of different mediums. We've emailed, we've chatted on Facebook Messenger, we've texted a bit, I think. Maybe not. Um, but we've we've chatted quite a bit, uh, and I always enjoy talking to you. And so I was like, gotta get Ruby on the show. <laughs> that's, so, that's so sweet of you to say. <laughs> I've always have a nice time chatting with you and getting to know you a little bit and getting to kind of have some input on the show. And I was really excited when you wanted to record an episode with me. Yay. Well, to yeah. So today we are going to be talking about like navigating the holidays and kind of taking that in a, in several different directions. But before we talk about that, I would love to hear your nanny journey. Of course. Um, so like a bunch of people, I started babysitting really young, probably too young. I think <laughs> I was maybe 11 or 12 mm-hmm. and rode the bus home with a little kid and watched him a couple of days a week so his mom could get home later. And it worked out well. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't do too much babysitting and nannying through high school and college, just bits here and there, um, which after the fact, I'm like, man, I wish I would have done more nannying in college. Um, And I finished with my degree in speech therapy and then really wanted to take a break um, after so many years studying. So Mm -hmm. I decided to become an au pair. And so um, I found a job in France doing that. And I kind of started realizing how much I liked that line of work. Um, So even though I had just finished my degree, I decided to continue nannying. And so I did that in France for a few years. Um, it isn't as much of a full-time job as it is in the States. Mm-hmm. So I also did some teaching English and I was like part-time work for several families, kind of piecemeal, like many people do in the beginnings of their career. Right. And really realized that that was my passion. So when I came back to the U.S., I was like, yeah, I'm going to become a career nanny. And so that's what I've been doing. And I really love it. And I think my 
studies did give me some little tricks and tools that I can use in the Enneang. And sure. it's just always been something that kind of comes natural to me. And in the past years as well, I've really been trying to do my part in like continuing my education. I've been reading a lot of books and doing lots of podcasts. You know, mm-hmm. I found you and a few other podcasts, which I haven't liked as much as yours. <laughs> oh, well, thank um, you. And just kind of being on social media and getting tips from people um, and just trying to become the best nanny that I can be. Yeah, which is so wonderful. And yeah, I always think it's funny um, when people share their nanny journeys and they're like, you know, I got my degree in this and like to help pay for that degree, I started taking care of children and then that became my career, um, which is so lovely. I, I really wish I would have realized that there was a school for nannying mm-hmm. and different degrees online and all that stuff. And maybe like, you know, 10 years ago, I don't really know that that was really much of a thing. Right. But nowadays, I think people that, you know, 18 year olds have such a big opportunity to be able to do some of these online or in the future in-person schools for nannying. And I'm just like, they would be able to hit the ground running so well. And I think that that's really exciting for for those younger nannies or soon to be nannies. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And, um, and I think that it's, it's becoming more and more seen as a career instead of a placeholder for a career. Um, because I think that that can be really dangerous. It's, it is a career. Um, we all know that, but you know, we're still having to advocate and work for it to be seen as that. Um, out in the world. And I, I think, I know that we're all doing that work, but it's exhausting. And I'm, I'm glad that more and more people are now aware, at least I, you know, I am probably in a little bit of a bubble there because I have a podcast about nannying. So I've been educating people so long about it that most people I talk to know it's a career, but, um, but yeah, I see a lot of nannies posting that it's like, my parent-in-laws say, you know, I don't have a real job and it's just so disheartening to hear. So I hear a lot of nannies go through that experience. Personally, I haven't had too many people that I've met question it. Um, And I guess that's, you know, maybe location, a bit of luck, kind of all of that. Um, And I guess maybe my passion for it comes across as well when I talk to people and they can kind of see And I definitely use terminologies and talk about it like it's my, you know, because I'm a career nanny. This is something I plan to do for the rest of my career. I'm not in transition like plenty of people are. And so I guess maybe that also has a little bit of weight. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lovely. Well, let's talk about the holidays. It's, um, you know, we're in it we're in it right now. And it's a season that is so often full of joy. Experiencing the holidays with kids is like one of my favorite things. Cause like you just get to see like the magic play out. It's so lovely. So yeah, let's start with gift ideas. Um, because kind of no matter what you're celebrating, the end of the year brings this like gift aspect to it. Um, and so, yeah, like let's start with 
uh, there's tons and tons of lists for like what to get kids. But I guess a question that Uh I run up against frequently is like, what, like what types of gifts to get kids? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it definitely depends on the family and how well you know them and how well you know what they have. But I think more and more people are starting to realize the the benefit of getting experiences. Um, So whether that's like membership passes to a museum or a zoo or even a play place, if it's not incredibly expensive um, or taking the kid. um, I saw someone recently said that they took their kid like sledding. There was like a sledding area in town and then they got cocoa and it was like a whole afternoon or evening, whatever, together. And I think that is a great option because you can get really creative in that. Mm -hmm. And then it it depends on, because, you know, not every kid has every toy they could want. Some do. And those are harder. You know, that's definitely where the experiences come into play. But maybe it's a kid that, you know, doesn't have as many toys. And so you go, oh, you know, I know that they would really enjoy playing with this because in our, you know, they really love trucks and maybe the truck puzzle or truck you know set could be really cool because they don't have anything like it um but also with all of the new subscription boxes that are out um one of my nanny kids has one that his grandparents got him for his birthday or christmas last year and every two months we get this new box and it's really exciting and we we open it and it's something new and i mean it's definitely going to accumulate um but i think of you know we can pass it off to another kid after the fact and it will be, you know, further used. Right. Um, but from each one of those, there's been one or two things that we've played with. Um, there's a couple of things we still have in the very first box, which have been a year ago. Oh, and wow. so I think that's a really fun idea. And, and maybe if it's too expensive for a full year, you know, you can get them like a three-month subscription or something. Um, yeah. A lot of them have a discount the first time you get a subscription like oh the first box is free or half off or whatnot so I did some googling and there's like I don't know at least five different ones about toys um some are more stem related some are more general um there was some clothing ones there was even um an art related one and a Mm. cooking related one and so I feel like really in that realm there's something for pretty much everybody and I was thinking like if a nanny wanted to get that and was having a hard time affording it, she could even mention to the grandparents if they're around, um, would you guys want to do this with me? And I think that could be a really fun way too. Oh um, yeah. That's such a good idea. Cause then you're helping them too. <laughs> Cause I know sometimes grandparents struggle to know what to get that would be meaningful and not um, add clutter. So I think that, yeah, that's really meaningful. Exactly. And so, I mean, obviously there's all the toys that you can think of, but I think those sorts of ideas um, are, are useful too. Yeah. And some situations work better. Yeah. Like I've taken um, a kid who loved butterflies to, we have a nature museum that has like a butterfly room. And so like, you know, I took her there for one of her birthdays, which isn't a holiday, but I mean, it kind of is to her and to all of us that love her. Um, but 
but yeah, I think that those experiences are so good. I also, I'm never, um, I've never heard like parents get mad about like more books. So that's a direction that I go if I'm unsure or if it feels like another toy is not necessary. I, a lot of times will go with books as a gift. Um, and there's so try to find like a book, let's say they like a certain book and try to find another one of that same author slash series. Yes. Or try to introduce them to something totally different. Like nowadays, there's a lot of um, lists of different books. I had recently um, shared a lot of them with the, with the family I work for that were like about diversity. So all the yeah. topics. And so I feel like there's there's both those routes you can go down too. Yeah, yeah. And I, I go back and forth depending on a lot of different factors. I actually just gave a kid a, a book for their birthday. Um it, their birthday was in October, but I gave it to them uh, recently because pandemic. And um, and it was a book that she had had to return to the library, you know? So like, you can also yeah. listen. And she like, didn't get to finish. And so I was like, let me give yeah. you this book so you can finish it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I've recently been getting books for my nanny family. Um, and I've kind of seen what he really likes. And so I'm thinking like, oh, when we take this back, um, maybe that would be a good idea. There's this one like, um, I don't want a cool cat. And we mm-hmm. read it some days, one, some days, seven times. Right. And it's, I think it's funny because I love cats. So it's pretty fun. <laughs> um, and I think also thinking about books that you would enjoy reading as the nanny. Oh, gosh, I- yes. <laughs> yes. You don't want to set yourself up for failure. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Um and yeah, you can, yeah, getting a book that you enjoy reading, that's not like, you know, there's sometimes that kids get on jags with books where it's like, there are a lot of words on every page. And so, yeah, introducing a, a new book that um, maybe is more picture-based sometimes is lovely. Or just the topic that you personally enjoy. So there right. you go. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I love all of that. And, um, and I think that it's, it's really, um, I think that, that the thought that you put into it, because we do see how the kids play every day, like we see sometimes better than the parents or the grandparents, we see like, what they're going towards every day, like on Mm -hmm. of their own volition and things like that. So, um, you know, I think that, that we can pick out really thoughtful gifts that don't, you know, break the bank, um, and are, are fun and, and kind of make our lives better too. (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, maybe it's selfish or just, um, pragmatic to think that way, but, um, and I think sometimes nannies feel pressure to get like everyone in the family a gift as well, which I think always isn't necessary. Right. Um, this year, for example, I decided to get one gift for the family, mm-hmm. um, rather than getting the parents a gift and each kid gift. And there's a new baby, he's four months. So, you know, what do you get that? I mean, I know a lot of people love to pick out stuff, but if you're someone that doesn't or, or money's an issue, I think, um, you don't always have to get, you know, I don't think parents expect for every single member to get a different gift from you than Annie. Agreed. And Yeah. I think taking that pressure because also you are one nanny and they as a whole are getting you a gift, you know, so like taking that pressure off. So you're basically not like negating (laughs) 
the like holiday bonus you got, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, but sometimes we start with a family kind of late in the year and we might not know what to get. Do you have ideas for like a family that, um, you started with like later in the year, like maybe you started December 1st and you're like, well, I don't know. I think it's hard. I I guess it depends on how much time you do have. If it's one month or a couple, because some of my favorite gifts are like personalized things from different websites online. Right. Um, And usually you can get them ordered and delivered in like three, four weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have that time, you can, um, you know, even have a quick photo shoot one day if you don't have, you know, months to accumulate photos or yeah. even ask the grandparents, hey, could you share some of your favorite photos? Um, you know, don't tell the parents I asked you. I want it to be a surprise. Because um, I feel like those sorts of um, personalized gifts can be really meaningful. Um, and then if you don't have the time for that, books, that's always good. I uh, can't yep. go wrong with books. And even something simple, I think um, that another experience, you know, that's something you can do in the future with them. So you don't have to know them too well to know that they might have fun going to one of those um, play houses with all the gym equipment and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. Um, I also will say like CVS and, um, Walgreens I've gotten from both of them before they can like turn around photo gifts like last year I got both families like ornaments with pictures of their Mm -hmm. kids on it and they can turn that around in like 24 hours so even if you just you know do like a photo shoot and then like the next day you just need like I think three photos because one of the sides is like says like Merry Christmas or happy holidays or whatever. Um, so you just need three photos and then you're golden. Um, exactly. Yeah. You can definitely get creative in that way. I feel like if I had started with a family at the beginning of the month, I definitely would make sure I wasn't putting a ton of money into a Christmas gift. Right. So I think this ornament idea could work really well. It's something you can do quickly and fairly cheaply. And I mean, even cheaper if you make it yourself. Right. Or make it with the kids, you know, like then that's an activity and, and a gift. Um, And the kids have ownership over it, which I think is really lovely. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. Um, I know this month there's a lot of um, asking this question on social media, you know, what are you guys getting your nanny kids? So I think perusing through a few Facebook groups or Instagram or whatever, you can get yourself a bunch of ideas, maybe try to come up with something new um, or be like, oh, you know, I'm not super crafty in that craft. The person explained it really well. It was simple. I think I'm going to do that, you know, and yeah. I would imagine the families definitely appreciate the thought more than you, what you spend or what it actually is. Agreed. Completely agreed. Um, yeah. What about... Um, what about if your nanny family gets you something and you just don't like it, but it's like, like a necklace or, or something that like, it's going to be awkward, uh, potentially for you to not accept it. Yeah. I had actually, 
asked around on what a lot of people would do in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And pretty much it was just say things. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people said that they would say something like, oh, I love it. Personally, I wouldn't do that because I don't. I I have a very strict no lying, even white life policy. Um, So I would just be like, oh, that's really thoughtful. Or man, that's that's really, um, I'm trying to think if it was like a necklace. I really didn't like it. Um, yeah, I probably just go with the, that. That that was really thoughtful. Like, thanks for thinking of me. Yeah. And then I would make sure not to wear it because mm-hmm. I don't want them to get the impression that I liked it. Like, um, what I worry is like, so you, say you get a gift from a family and you're planning on staying with them long term. I wouldn't want to give them them the impression that I like something, and then they're like, oh, she really liked that necklace. Let's get her matching bracelet next year. You know. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, some people mentioned trying to return it, but I mean, I think that really depends on what it is, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. It would definitely be nice if you're giving a gift to someone, whether it's work-related or not, and you're not certain to like it, to give them the gift receipt. Yes. I think that is kind of simple and solves a lot of issues, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, or just, um, you know, re-gifting it. Or right. <laughs> Another idea, there's a lot of buy nothing groups on Facebook in a lot of cities. So you could find someone else who maybe isn't getting anything for Christmas or just really likes it for whatever reason and be like, oh, now I've turned my gift into like making someone else's day or week and everyone wins that way. So I think it just kind of depends on what it is and all the bits and pieces. Yes, I think that's such a good point. I get... um... I'm given frequently and not, not by nanny families necessarily, but I don't have my ears pierced. Um, and so I'm, and I'm given earrings a lot. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of those, those things, um, come up and it is, it's so funny. Cause even like in that moment, you know, I'll often say, thank you. Um, that was really thoughtful. And, uh, and they, a lot of times people still don't notice <laughs> that I'm like not wearing earrings, have never worn earrings, but, um, but yeah, I've, I've done a lot of regifting because they are, they're usually beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if it was in, in your situation, maybe like a month or two later, I might bring up in super casual conversation that I was considering getting my ears pierced or something like that mm-hmm. to like point it out that I don't have them pierced. It's, you know, I don't know, but I think, yeah, regifting is nice. And, um, it's, you know, it's, it's the same. It's the thought that counted. They were thoughtful to give you something. So, you know, that's a big part of it. Yes. Agreed. And it, I mean, the thought really does count because they are beautiful and they are in my style. And so I like take that part of it and I'm like, they did notice my style and these would go really well with the clothes I wear. If my ears are pierced. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, how about like, so, so many people have different holiday traditions. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, this year in particular, all of those are going to be, you know, mixed up and different and all that. But, um, but in, you know, in the, the grand scheme of things, how about like navigating holiday traditions, especially if they, if like you don't really understand them. For example, my family, like my personal family, like my mom mm-hmm. um, makes 
we make this cheese every year, this like cheese spread. That's one of our holiday traditions. And so for like a weekend, the kitchen is transformed into this like cheese making room. And, um, you know, and like, I can imagine that, like, let's say I had a child and I had a nanny and like, <laughs> I can imagine that being like really frustrating, um, that things are, are kind of turned upside down, um, for the kid, for the nanny, whatever, whatever. Um, so I guess just like talking about how to navigate those types of traditions in like a graceful way. Yeah, I I think that's such a fun tradition. I would love to see that in the program. <laughs> but I mean, if you're at least if you're there um, bef- at least a few weeks before, I would even ask the family like, oh, you know, what what traditions do you guys have? Do you have anything, you know, kind of unique? Do you guys do a lot of um, air quote typical stuff? Um, tell me more about that. And you can kind of have an idea. And if the kids are old enough, ask them, you know, what, what traditions they, they like or don't like, because maybe there's some that they don't actually like, but and I guess like kind of the key is keeping an open mind. I think that as a nanny is uh, a really kind of necessary thing. And so, you know, if you're working for a family making cheese for, you know, a week, um, being like, huh, you know, I never even thought of trying to make cheese. Let me try to see what I can learn and, you know, ask questions and be curious. And I think the family, people are usually really excited to share their traditions with new people. Um, and that could even bring you closer, um, this openness to their traditions that's different than yours. And if you have some similarities, you know, kind of getting to know them on a deeper level, if, if they've got a tradition that's similar to yours, um, for example, my uh, mom, boss, and I were talking about traditions. I had asked her last week, you know, what, what's some fun things you guys do when she was making lunch and I was eating lunch or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, my mom usually makes um, homemade eggnog. And I was like, oh, yeah, I tried to make that before. Like, you know, and she's like, oh, we do that spice with brandy. And then we were talking about the different things that people spice their eggnogs with. And then later that week, the grandma was over because she usually comes over once a week to play with the boys. And I was like, oh, yeah, like your daughter told me that you guys, you know, like to make eggnog. And she told me the whole story of where that came from, like 30 or 40 years ago when she started making it. And she kind of detailed how she made it um, and told me it was like from the joy of cooking or whatnot. And I was like, oh, like, I didn't know you used powdered sugar when I made it before I used regular sugar. And we were talking about the differences. And so that one little, you know, interest spark of mine got me to connect deeper with my boss and the grandma. So I think that can, that can be quite fun. Yeah. And I think like a, a privilege that we have as nannies is that we get to see you know, more deeply into all of these homes than really any other job. And so I, I agree. I think like just getting curious about it uh, can really like be so lovely and be such a great way to connect with your nanny yeah. families. I, I very much agree. And I think it's, it's a good mindset to have if you're a nanny to try to be open. Um, otherwise, it could be kind of a complicated job, I think, if you're, you know, this is my way of doing things, but you're in someone else's house, you know, and that's their way of doing things. Yeah, I can imagine it being um, potentially a, a harder thing to navigate if you are a live-in nanny. Um, and I would hope that perhaps when you asked 
about holiday traditions that the nanny family would also ask about your holiday traditions. Um, if you're living and, and you're going to be staying over for the holidays, I, I would hope that that would happen. Um, and I think that even if you're not a live-in, like sharing, you know, some of your holiday traditions can be really lovely too, of like, you know, I always read this specific book. Like, for example, the past few years, this is not like a long, long tradition in my life, but I've been making sure that I like actually read a Christmas Carol every year. Cause I think it's such a lovely story. And, um, so of course I watched the Muppet one too, but I'll like mm -hmm. sit down and read Charles Dickens Christmas Carol. Um, and like, that's a tradition that I've started doing. And so you could, you know, with older kids, you could read it together. It's not that long, um, things like that. So I think yeah, like, that's, just, that's really sweet of an idea of coming up with some traditions for you and your nanny kids to do together, especially if this is a job that could potentially go on for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I also think it's yeah, it's so lovely. Like if you're gonna like make a gift with the kids, you know, each year and hopefully, you know, you have several years there, um that that like you know, like then you're like on this little team of like you and the kids are making these gifts for the adults all together and it can be really lovely. For sure. I think getting to be with kids around the holidays, as you said in the beginning, is just, it can be so like spirit lifting and like hopeful and like so many other adjectives. That's it's really a huge perk of being a nanny. It is. It is. Um, so uh, you've you've mentioned a couple times like getting the grandparents involved and I do think that that's such an interesting part of um the holiday season is often we you know are nannying and uh and maybe you know grandparents who don't live there are suddenly like staying at the house and like you know so it's you and a bunch of grandparents all all working together potentially. So um, what have you found successful in, in navigating nannying with the grandparents around? One thing is kind of before they came over, I asked the parents, like, you know, when we're all together, is it still me who's kind of setting the, the boundaries and such? Um, or when they're here, do you want them to just take over and me take, you know, a back seat and maybe just kind of play along or do something in the kitchen or whatnot? Um, and kind of maybe also mentioning to the grandparents really subtly if they're doing things that are different. For example, um, when the, um, my nanny kid is, um, a little over two now, uh, my older one, and he really likes to color when his grandparents come over, but I have a pretty strict rule of no walking around with the color pencils and markers. Right. Um, especially with there being like a couch nearby. So. Yeah. Um, that's a light color on top of that. Uh -huh. So um, when he, when the grandparents first sat down with him with his new coloring set and they got up to color and he got up to walk around, I was kind of like nearby-ish and I reminded him, you know, nanny kid, like don't, don't walk around with that. So I didn't like correct um, the parent, the grandparents, but uh -huh. I was just reminding him like, oh, let's keep that on the easel. And that I think works. Um, that's my personal style. I don't mind, um, stepping in. Um, but that's also, you know, the parents know that, that that's my style and they're happy with that. 
Um, and I've mentioned to the grandparents, you know, off to the side, if something bigger happens that I think maybe should have been done a little differently. Mm-hmm. And also make sure to compliment the grandparents as well when they're playing with them. Like, oh my goodness, I never think to do this with nanny kids. Like, I'm so glad you're here doing it with them because I never even think of this activity or this way of doing this activity. So kind of like letting them know this is how I do things and you do things differently. And, and sometimes that's great. Right. And like with routines, that's another thing I'll bring up to the parents. Like, you know, do you mind if I still kind of reinforce our typical routine? And parents are almost always like, uh, yes, definitely. We still want them to stay on track. And so I might kind of to the room announce, oh, lunch is, you know, lunchtime's going to be in 15 minutes or whatever is coming next to make sure that we still stay on schedule without kind of trying to step on their toes too much. Yes. And I love that way. I think getting out in front of things with the grandparents is um, so much easier and better for everyone than certainly you can do it after something like that's happened. You know, Um, the most famous of of grandparents things is like you know the the kids getting a ton of sweets when grandparents are there Uh um and I think you know out in front of that you could be like okay you know we'll have like a like you said announcing it to the room of like we're going to have you know our our sweet treat our cookie that we made after lunch or you know whenever it's going to be or during afternoon snack or or whatever um but like saying it before it happens if you can um which i think cooking yeah yeah Yeah. i think that's a really really good point um like especially when it comes to sweet things because that's something i take really seriously right um i really really want to instill healthy eating you know from six months old on um, and so I don't mind being the stickler. Um, right. So, and I also don't mind not really standing up for myself, but like letting the, if the grandparent is trying to, you know, be like, oh, well, we can have this. Um, oh, I'm so excited to eat these ones. They're cool. And I'm like, you know, what would be a, maybe a better time to eat them after lunch. And mm-hmm. in my experience, the grandparents have always been like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like that makes sense or whatever. I haven't had too much issues. Um, but I guess if I was having issues with the grandparents being like, oh no, we can have this as soon as it's finished. I would be like, okay, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say anything at that point. And then later on mention to the parents when they're asking me how the day went when I'm leaving. Well, I had a bit of a dispute about the cookies earlier and I didn't really like how I was treated. Um, mentioning it, but trying not to make a huge deal about it and try to, you know, talk it out through there. Um, because yeah, I guess that's kind of the tricky part when you have people, you know, trying to do same thing different ways. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, your point about talking to parents before the grandparents even arrive is critical of like, what are your expectations for while the grandparents are here? Like, how can I Uh best serve in this role? And like, you know, it, it really depends on also like the kid and the grandparent, there's so much at play, but like, and sometimes like grandparents come in and the kids haven't seen them in a long time. And it's really hard because the kids like 
are kind of ignoring the grandparents. And, and then I, um, I have found that, um, like I, I never force kids to hug anyone, um, or like, you know, show affection if they, if they don't want to. And so I have found that I'm like having like an activity or a game that we can all do together has been really, um, well received in those cases of like, like, okay, like, let's all do the hokey pokey together. And like, then, you know, if, you know, if the grandparents are able to, to do things like the hokey pokey, but then like the kids get to see the grandparents be silly. They get to see that, like, we're all doing this together. Um, because I do think that that can be a tricky part too, of like the kids, like, I haven't seen this person. I don't know who this person is. Yeah. No, I think including them, you know, whether it's, you know, doing a big puzzle together or singing a song. Um, I'm always trying to get my nanny kid to sing some of the songs he sings at school, at preschool, right. um, when his grandparents are around, because he likes those songs a lot. He'll sing them, and, and I'll try to sing it with him when kind of the beginning of them being over, so that way if he sings it, they know it and then can sing along. Right. And I'm like, oh, what's that, what's that new, you know, snowman song you guys are singing at school or whatever? And um, it kind of seems fun to get everyone included. Um, and I, I'm huge as well into not having to show affection in any particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I see a grandparent, um, you know, oh, come give me a hug. And I, may, I might ask the kid, oh, would you like to give your grandparent a hug? Um, to kind of model how I would do it. Um, I, I, I'm not going to take it any further if the grandparent comes over and goes, oh, let's hug and just hug, you know, but um, I might make sure to make a point of modeling it several times throughout that day or week or whatever, every time and kind of kind of hoping that they see, oh, that's that's another way of doing it. Hmm, maybe that's interesting. Um, yeah. And then obviously yeah. giving, I've, I've heard through your podcast before, of giving different ideas of, oh, would you like to give them a high five if, if the hugging isn't, you know, interesting to you right now? or something like that. So maybe that's kind of a way to diffuse that particular situation a bit. Yes. That's often what I will do is like, if a grandparent's like, I'm here, give me a hug. I'll say like pretty immediately. uh, Sometimes I'll wait for the kid's reaction depending on the age, but pretty immediately I'll be like, yeah, a hug. Or would you rather do a high five or an elbow bump or do you want to just wave? Do you want to show your grandparent a toy? Things like that. And a lot of times, um, if I know about when the grandparents are going to arrive, I will ask the child to pick out a toy or a book to get that started of like, so if the grandparent, you know, comes in hot with the, like, I'm here, give me a hug, you know, uh, type of of energy then I can be like oh well actually they have this book they really want to show you why don't we all like sit on the couch together and read this book and then and then we'll get you all settled in or whatever yeah um, that's awesome that, that sounds like a really good diffuser right there yeah so that it doesn't it, it doesn't like yeah just like linger in the room because you know that can like suck all the joy out of a room of like a parent being like give me a or grandparent being like give me a hug and a child being like I don't want to and a lot of times you know the nanny children that we're working with if that's been their pattern they'll be like no I don't want to and they 
they know that they have that right, which is wonderful. But um, just like getting out in front of it is what I've found to be the most helpful in that case. I would definitely agree. And just trying to be an advocate for the kid, really. I mean, I think that's one really important role of nannies is to try to be an advocate for the kid in their best interest. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, Okay. So another area is um, Santa and this idea of like there, there reaches a point where some kids get like too cool for Santa. um, And And so sometimes like if you have like an older kid in the house that's starting to be like, I'm hitting my rebellious phase and like, I don't, I don't buy into Santa anymore or whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with that in a house with younger kids, it can be so, so tricky um, to, to navigate. What what have you found successful in the past around that? Or um, what, what have you read to be successful? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, personally, I haven't had too many older kids. Yeah. Um, and for example, a lot of the times I have had the kind of the really younger ones as well. So I feel like with, I don't even mention Santa right. um, with two year olds, really. What, what has been your experience in that? Um, yeah, I, I have found, um, I have found that when kids get to that age that, and I I haven't, this has been more through reading than through um, experience, but because like you, I mostly work with, with younger kids. Um, But I have found that like talking with the older kid in like one-on-one. So when the younger kid is, is doing something, which can be hard to find, maybe napping. Um, Yeah. Cause I mean, like if they're younger, you know, there's not a lot of time that you're just one-on-one with the older kid, but, um, but yeah, if the younger kid is napping or whatever, just talking to the older kid about like the fact that Santa represents like this lovely spirit of giving and spirit of like bringing joy into the home. And so asking like, how can we help do that? in our home, like, how can we find ways to, like, bring joy and give gifts? How can you, child, find ways to do that and, like, have them think through it um, so that they're kind of finding, like, the Santa Claus within themselves um, Mm -hmm. and, like, reconnecting to that? Because I think that sometimes we get into this, like, or kids get into this, like, I'm too cool for Santa. And then it's like, well, okay, yes, maybe you're too cool for Santa now. Fine. But you're never too cool to bring a moment of joy to someone. Like that's not, you don't want to be a person that doesn't like bring joy to other people. Um, And like, so just encouraging them to figure out ways of like being their own kind of secret Santa I think mm-hmm. it's really lovely. Like what, what kind thing can you do for a member of your family today? Yeah, that's, that's a great, at least that's a great theory. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it could definitely depend on the kid. Um, but I really like that idea of talking more about the idea behind it. And yeah. I think that's something, you know, uh, 
six or seven year old could easily understand. And then you can really brainstorm together, which I think using your brains together is always a really fun activity. You know, how can we bring joy? You know, say, you know, we don't even have to really talk about Santa if you are too cool for him or whatever. But, you know, what, what are some fun things we could do this holiday season to feel cheerful and happy and help others and whatnot? Right, right. Um, yeah. And, and I also think that in that same conversation, you know, if they're trying to convince their younger sibling of, you know, like trying to turn their younger sibling against Santa as well, mm-hmm. say like, you know, that's like really, um, like a gift that you can give them that's absolutely like that you can give your younger sibling that's absolutely free is just to like exist in the world where that magic is very real and like, you know, just like play with them in that space of like Santa's real. He's coming. He got my letter. Like all of that good stuff um, that is so wonderful about being a child around Christmas. And so encouraging them to like give that gift to their younger sibling by like creating those stories together. Yeah, that's, that's, that's sweet. And I mean, that can bring the siblings together too. So there's kind of another twofold experience in that. Yeah. So I, it's, it is, it can be tricky to navigate, but I do think that like attempting to get the older child, like on your like Christmas spirit team is, is what I have, have heard has the most success. And, um, and it like, you know, helps take it out of a power struggle and more into a, like, how can we be positive? right now. Yeah. And actually that just made me think about some kids really love getting more responsibility and feeling more adult-like. And so you could also include, um, you know, you're getting bigger. And so now this is something you, you, you know, is a little different than when you knew when you were younger, but that's because you're, you know, you're getting bigger. And, and this is something that us adults, we have really fun time with and, and we get to help create these fun fantasies for children and you're not you know as much of a child anymore now that you know and yeah. let's let's do this together and think of fun stories and and yeah I think including them as a kind of being adultish with that could could help some kids for sure I completely agree um yeah the other area of the holidays that um can be sort of tricky. And I don't know that I have, that I have the answers around this, but it's like getting time off for the holidays. It's, it's so interesting to me because I feel like sometimes it is very easy (laughs) and some like, they're like, yeah, we're, we're going like not this year, but you know, we're going to be gone for two weeks. So like you're off, um, you know, whatever. Yeah, here's an extra PTO. Enjoy it. That's, yeah. That's, that sounds wonderful. Yes. Uh, and I feel like that happens sometimes. And sometimes it's like, that's a parent's like busy season, you know, in, in some parents' lives and their business or whatever, like around the holidays is their busy season. So they need more help around mm-hmm. the holidays. And it's, um, and so I, I have seen, uh, it be successful in the past. Sometimes I've like celebrated at a different time with my family. 
Um, like not like maybe I've been there on Christmas, but it's been shorter. And then in January I have, you know, longer that I go home or, or whatever. Um, so sometimes moving around your holiday stuff can be an option. If, uh, time off is hard. Sometimes it's like, you just got to know that this is really important to you and you're going to take the time off and like bite that bullet of maybe you don't have any more paid time off or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. What have your experiences around getting time off for the holidays been? I do often take a week, sometimes two, Um, but I ask for the time off months in advance, as in three, four, five months in advance, um, because then there's no excuse for them not to give you it off. So I think that can be really useful and also can kind of come across very professional. You know, I know I'm going to need this time off. I want you guys to know, um, I'm happy to hit up my Facebook group and see if anyone can cover me, not this year, but in a regular year. Um, do you know if the grandparents are going to be around? Could they help with extra coverage? Um, and, and if it's important to you kind of just saying, this is when I need my time off, I'm going to need, you know, the 20th to the second off or whatever like that. And I mean, I guess I assume most nannies have a contract these days. Right. And in that contract, there should be some PTO. Maybe it's only five days a year, but I imagine Christmas and New Year's uh, Day are those days as well. Um, so it can actually be kind of nice because you only have to take four days off for Christmas week, even though you get a full week off. Right. Um, and I guess I try to, sometimes I think of things in terms of like kudos points. So like maybe I'll do, I'll be really extra helpful before and kind of be like, oh, I know I'm going to be gone in a couple of weeks. So I wanted to make sure that I got some extra stuff done um, to make sure that your life's easier when I'm gone, especially if you don't have a temp covering you or another nanny. It's just parents and grandparents making it work. Um, Right. And also like not necessarily feeling guilty. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. my thought is I've, I've worked really hard all year. And I do deserve some paid time off. So I, I'm taking two weeks off this year to, you know, decompress and take take time away from work. Yeah. And I nice. don't feel guilty about it at all. And I know that the parents can't have someone else cover me with COVID and things. Um, and they're making it work. And they haven't made a big deal about it at all. And That's I wonderful. think that is wonderful. And I definitely appreciate that. But I also feel like if they're making a big deal about it and bringing it up often, that's something I'm going to put in my red flag column. Right. Yes. Agreed. Because burnout is real. And like, (laughs) you need to be able to recharge to be able to take care of children. Like it's a really hard job. So yes, I'm, I'm so impressed and proud of you for taking two weeks off and I'm, I'm getting the week of Christmas off, which is, really, really lovely. Um, I'm yeah, very, it's very really excited. Great when the family is like, oh, you have this extra time that's not included in your PTO. I'm excited for when they do not happen. But yes, yes, me too. Um, Cause yeah, I like saw something uh, on Instagram today that was like signs of burnout. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> I am currently checking off a lot of those. 
Um, but I think even, you know, one week off, like I miss them after, like sometimes I miss them after a weekend. So, um, I think a whole week off, uh, will help refill my cup by, by quite a lot. Um, cause yeah, it's, it's a hard, it's been a hard year on everyone. And, and I know that everyone is, is doing the best they can. Um, but I do think, yes, not guilting yourself about taking time off. Like it's also time for you to spend with your family, whatever family is to you. And it's time for them to spend time as a family together too, which is, you know, not a bad thing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, wonderful. Well, are there, are there, I know that like we could make, you know, uh, 52 podcast episodes about this and still not cover it all Probably. because it's a it's just you know just such a full subject but those were some of the things that I wanted to hit on is there another area that that you wanted to talk about um I have definitely seen a lot of talk of Christmas bonuses yes, um, yes. and I know you do have an episode on that yeah. um was it a yeah. kind of a while ago yes I think it was like two uh, holiday seasons ago, maybe okay. even three. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting that a lot yeah. of people kind of, it, I think it can be nice. You can kind of see the, the whole spectrum of it because, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's your first holiday season with a family, you might not even have a clue of what's going to happen. Um, so for people that are curious, I think that's kind of helpful to go on and look and be like, oh, these people get this much and these people get nothing and these people get this much. Because um, I know that uh, a lot of people say a week to two weeks pay, but I think that that's quite on the high end, personally, yeah. from what I've heard, and especially from what I've experienced. Um, so I think making sure you don't expect anything, not even like, oh, I'm, I might get a few days worth of pay. Right. Because especially if you plan to use that money before you get it, that could, that could uh, set you up a failure. Um, and also knowing like you, maybe you don't really know the family's real financial situation. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely a hard topic, um, but I just kind of wanted to point out like the, the fact that there's a lot of people out there you can ask for help, not really help, but like information to kind of like help yourself I guess, feel better depending on your situation and also that you do have an episode on that. Yes. Yes. And, and I agree, like setting your expectations to nothing yeah, will just help you because yeah, it's also, you know, especially with this year, keeping in mind that even if in past years you've gotten it, like families are struggling too this year. Um, and so just keeping in mind that it might, it might look different this year than it has in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really good point. So just, I think it's one of those things, if you have your expectations to a certain level and then it, they're exceeded, that's great. But if right. they're if they're not succeeded, then you can really put yourself in a bad mood around the holidays and no one wants that. Right. Yes. And so, yeah, just just mitigating your own expectations around it, I think is lovely. And, and yeah, don't, you know, what we learned from Christmas vacation, like do not count any bonus chickens before they are hatched because, (laughs) um, 
like don't you know spend money that you don't have in your hand like just wait because um I think that that's when it can get really like it can get into an area of resentfulness which is never what yeah. you want with your nanny families so no and it, and it isn't fair even though even no matter how much it might feel unfair to you the nanny it's not fair that resentment right um right. and I know that not a probably a ton of families listen to this podcast, but in case they are, um, I have heard recently some nannies mentioning that they've gotten bonuses early as in they've already got them now. And we're only like barely mid December. Um, and wow. I think that can be like, especially if you're not able to give as much, you know, usually for, just for a random example, usually you give $500 and this year, like I could maybe do two, but if you can give it ahead of time, a few weeks early, I think that's kind of like an extra little gift in a, in a way. And that could be really nice. Yes. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, the, if you, if you are going to change it up, maybe changing it to be earlier would also be a good, a good change up. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, it can, it can be a a hard exercise to be grateful for literally anything, but, um, but an important one. Yeah. You're right. I think it's a great exercise for for anyone, nannies or not nannies. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, just don't, don't make plans, uh, based on a holiday bonus ever, ever, ever those. And then, and then those dollars get to be, you know, just, just for fun. Um, and I, I know that that is also a very, um, that's coming from a very privileged place of some people, you know, are, are, really, really, really struggling right now. And a holiday bonus would make a huge difference. And I, mm-hmm. I hope in my heart that literally everyone gets one. Um, so, cause I, I know that you all deserve, <laughs> deserve a holiday bonus. Um, but I'm just saying for your own mental health and happiness, um, not expecting one is, is the, the better way to move. Yeah. And I think world. like, I would wish every nanny could get a bonus, but I also wish that every family could afford to give a bonus. Exactly. So I know that sometimes people don't give it because maybe they don't know about it. I think that's a lot of it or Mm -hmm. that they don't want to give it or they can't afford it or, you know, so many different factors. So I think that that's something too. Yes. Yes. And don't, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, if you, if you, you are starting to tell yourself a story about why the family isn't giving you something, try not to tell a story that assigns malice to their actions, because it really might be a situation of like, they just can't afford it this year. And, you know, that's, that's sad. And I'm sure that they're, they're really bummed about it too. (laughs) I I bet that they want to be able to afford that, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, try to, try to not let it build up up resentment. And if you are struggling and finding that you're like unhappy, that can, those can be red flags that are worth getting curious about. Um, because it, it might be something else at play there of like, maybe the family isn't a great fit for you anymore or whatever, whatever. Um, but approach it with curiosity instead of judgment. And I think you'll be on, on the right path there. That's a great point. Um, yeah. Anything else that you wanted to touch on? 
Um, I did ask um, people on social media what gifts they had gotten from families. Because um, I like to think like bonus is separate from a gift. Um, right. And so I was just kind of curious and a lot of people answered actually. Um, so I thought I would throw out there like what people said. And a lot of people did say cash because I mean, cash is king. Um, but I thought some really fun gifts were like um, gift cards to places the family knew the person frequented, like maybe um, their favorite coffee place or a restaurant or something like that, as well as like um, actual gifts, you know, people have gotten purses and bags. I know there's a lot of many companies out there, so I think um, some people have gotten like many personalized sweatshirts or whatnot, and I think that's super fun. Oh, and yeah. some some nannies um, have even gotten extra PTO, like, oh, you know, here's three extra days you can use throughout the year whenever. I think that's an awesome gift. And um, some nannies have, like, really fallen in love with something at the nanny family's house, whether it's, oh. like, a broom or a vacuum cleaner or, like, an appliance. And sometimes smaller things, like maybe even a favorite pantry ingredient, like this really cool peanut butter or whatever. And they've mentioned it to the family and the family has then bought it for them for Christmas or the holidays in general. That's birthdays, great. Whatever. And I think are, are really cool because sometimes it's not, you know, it's like a, a $30 broom, but it just works so well. And you never think of buying it for yourself. And then people have gotten that as a gift from their nanny families. And they're like, oh, this is so cool. Like I hadn't even thought to buy it for myself and I'm going to use this all the time. And I think those gifts are just super fun. Yes, I agree. Um, I had for my birthday, uh, my nanny families gave me um, a gift card to uh, David's tea because they know that I love it. <laughs> um, and a gift card to like a, a local bookstore, um, which uh, is called the bookseller. I would love to give them business. Um, and they're in Lincoln square and they, they got me a gift card to that. Cause they know that I, I love buying books and that I, I prefer to buy from, um, independent bookstores because gosh, I miss walking around <laughs> independent bookstores. Um, and, and I just love them. And so I want them to still be around. And so I, I try to buy my books from there. Um, and that so is super considerate because yeah. actually it's several things that they paid attention to for that one gift card. They really and did. That's, that's really, really thoughtful. So I, I love that. Yeah, I do too. And, and it is, it's so wonderful when you feel seen as the nanny in the gifts that families yeah. give you. Um, and so if, if nanny families are listening, just keep that in mind that, um, noticing little details and we know you've got a lot on your plate but it means the world to the nanny it means it definitely means so much and it doesn't it's not correlated with whatever the, the gift cost but right. it's definitely that, that you took the time to hear me when I said it remember it or write it down or whatnot and then go out and get that thing for me and that makes me feel appreciated and I just think nannies who feel appreciated it's game changing for the family as well, because they're just, they're way more willing to work, um, work with the family flexibility, you know, going above and beyond in general. Um, and I think 
just as humans, it's kind of, you know, a nice thing to do to make anyone else feel appreciated, whether it's a, an employer, an employee or a friend. Yes. It, yeah. It makes a huge difference. And, and I think, uh, like one of my top love languages are acts of service and gifts. And I think it is, it's, it's all about that of like, are you noticing me in those small moments? And so I think either direction of gifts, if we can keep that in mind, um, that's like the main thing. It's, it's not about price tag. It's about thoughtfulness. So. Yeah. That always trumps price, but that's really funny. You said those are your two top of languages because they're mine as well. Oh, really? That's wonderful. Like equal, completely equal. So yeah. I just, I actually realized, um, I started asking my friends what their love languages are because I think you can be such a better friend knowing that. I agree. Yes, I completely agree. I often will ask um, friends that as well, because then I'm like, then I can, you know, show you I love you in, uh, in your way. Yeah. And, and actually, I've heard of people asking um, nanny families what their yes. love languages are as well. And then yeah. that gets to be brought up what your love language is. And I think that could be a really good recipe for success for, for being with a family long term. Agreed. Agreed. And yeah, like working to figure out the kids love languages. Cause of course you're, you're uh -huh. trying to hit all five every day, but, um, but yeah, knowing like how your kid gives and receives love is, is really important. So yeah. I, I listened to the, um, to the episode you have on love languages and I thought that was such a fun idea because I had never even thought of thinking about what a kid's actual love language is. Right. And I think if all caregivers did that, man, would that make a huge impact on like the love children feel and like raising a generation of people that can then turn out love and show it to other people that that could be game changing. Agreed. Yes. I, I think that, yeah, teaching kids and I like talk to them about it once they're old enough, um, which starts earlier than I think a lot of people think, but like, I'll talk to them about it of like, you know, what ways do you feel loved and what ways do you um, not feel loved and, and all this it's, it's great. And like, what have you noticed about like your mom or dad or sister or whatever um, that makes them feel loved and how are they the same as you and how are they different and all that good stuff. Yeah. That could use a lot of empathy. Yes. Yes. Practice those social emotional skills. For um, sure. Wonderful. Well, um, is there anything else? I think we've kind of talked about a lot. I think we've, we've had a, a nice, a nice long informative episode. I'm not happy about that. Uh, me too. Me too. Well then Ruby, we end each episode with a fun story, as you know, and, and you've brought one. I have. So this actually just happened this past week. So my two and some year old uh, nanny kid goes to preschool and they sing lots of songs, which I love because I'm always like trying to pick them apart when he gets home. Like, ah, oh, I haven't gotten this part of the song yet. I'll try to right. encourage him to sing it. But anyway, um, the song that they like to sing during line time is about kind of jumping up and down, spinning around and sitting back down. And, they, and it has the kid's name in it. Uh -huh. And so I don't, I don't actually know if it was him or me, 
but one of us decided to use an object um, in the moment we were in the bathroom. So it was the toilet. And so the toilet was jumping up and down and spinning around in the song. And then we did the sink and the wall and the shoes and my watch, like every random thing. And he was having a ball because this sink is jumping up and down and spinning around in the song. And now the song's stuck in my head, of course, after singing course. it 50 times in one afternoon. But it was adorable and super funny. And it's just like, that's one of those moments you're like, I love being a nanny because I spent 30 minutes thinking about objects jumping up and down, watching this kid's giant smile and giggliness and just having a grand old time. Oh, I love that. I love when you like stumble into those moments of just like, you're like, oh man, this is making him laugh. And like, let's just keep going. And it's, I think that that's what is so wonderful about being a nanny. Cause like a teacher in a preschool, like you can't, you can't just join that moment for 30 minutes a lot of times, but yep. As a nanny, yeah, literally, we can. Whole 30 minutes of singing this silly song. <laughs> yes. Oh. That's one of our big gifts is time. You know, we have the time and I think making sure that you're flexible to that um, because yeah, these spontaneous, you know, unplanned silly moments can be even extra silly and extra joyful for both of us, really, for him and me. Yes. Yes. Riding the, the joy wave with a kid. There's nothing like it. Exactly. There, <laughs> there really is a fact. There really isn't. If I could bottle that up, I would be. Right? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It would be so good. Um, Well, thank you so much, Ruby. I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. I am very happy to be on here and get to share some of my stories and experiences. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a really great podcast, and I'm happy to be included. Yay. Thank you. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.